This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am Beverly Isla, your host. We have two wonderful guests today, so thank you for tuning in. Tanya Willis, Executive Director of Agape Animal Rescue, based in Nashville, is here with us, along with Jim Scano, founder of the Dog Rescue Shirt Club, whose mission is to raise funds for shelters. In today's episode, we're going to bust the myths that shelter dogs are broken and I do hope the insights help those considering buying a dog to reconsider adopting. When we get back from these messages, Tanya Willis and Jim Scano will join us. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender. Doggo Suds Shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Executive Director of Agape Animal Rescue, Tanya Willis, and founder of the Dog Rescue Shirt Club, Jim Scano. Thank you for being on the call with me today, guys. First, let's talk about the Agape Animal Rescue story and how they got started. Tanya, would you mind sharing with us your story? Absolutely. So I was in college and knew that I would adopt a dog for myself after being out of my parents' house, and I I knew that I needed a dog for me. And what happened, instead of me going out and adopting, is that dog found me, and that's how it happens a lot of times. So I was driving down a back road and found a litter of six golden retriever Labrador puppies that somebody had dumped in a ditch. And there was one that jumped out in front of my car and got my attention to the litter that had been dumped. So I pulled over And I just scooped him up, and the one that really flagged me down for his siblings, his name was Mac, and I ended up keeping him. I didn't know he was going to be my soulmate, (laughs) and I had him until he was 15. He passed away just a few years ago. But the experience of trying to get help for that litter of puppies was, it was so hard to find good help and a place for them to go. And I just thought there has to be, there has to be a better way to save these dogs because they don't have a voice. I need to be their voice. And I actually called my my mom from the side of the road and said, I've had my God moment and I'm a special education major in college, but that's going to change. I'm supposed to dedicate my life to saving dogs. And so I started Agape Animal Rescue in 2004 in his honor to just continue saving dogs because of him. Oh, wow. So how many dogs do you have right now? In the Well, for the- personal, personally, I have three dogs that have been all adopted and I'm a foster fail. I have adopted two of my foster dogs but in the program we typically have around 35 dogs at any given time at a time and 
we're operating without a facility. So all of those dogs are kept in foster homes all over Middle Tennessee, and everybody just keeps one foster dog so that they can give that dog really great one-on-one attention and help get them through any sort of recovery or rehab that they need. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that one. Jim, how about yourself? Do you have any uh, rescues yourself? Of course. Yeah, I, uh, I've i got two. Yeah, and I grew up with dogs. Uh, my, my parents, actually, when I was growing up, we used to uh, breed dogs. And But it was oh. kind of, I'm a little bit older, so it was before kind of the puppy mill, you know, really started right. coming around. And they used to do it for Christmas money, and they would do it like once every couple of years. And I just remember, gosh, how particular my parents were about where our dogs went. And, you know, they would... Uh, they would literally, they would interview the people. The people would have to come over and meet them. And I mean, it was just this whole process. And I remember when my parents, you know, gave the dogs away, it was such a big deal. You know, we didn't have a bunch of, you know, breeding moms. We just had, you know, our one dog and we would breed her every couple of years. My parents would help, you know, they would use it for like Christmas money. And it was really just such a fun process for me. I wish my kids could do it, but at the same time, I'm really not interested in doing it because I know that there are so many rescue dogs out there. Right. So my family, me and my girls, we have uh, we have two rescue dogs. The one, the older one, Tundra. I actually got him. I was a fireman in, uh, with the Dallas Fire Department for years, and um, we actually somebody dropped him off uh, in the back of a, a pickup truck. Uh, one of the guys at the station they dropped this puppy off and left him in the back of a pickup truck, and it was storming that day. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, me and my partner we got back to the station and we pulled up and we were going to put fuel in the ambulance and. We heard this dog whining, and he had just finished storming. It's a big, you know, North Texas storm that just came through. We heard this puppy whining. We thought it was over the fence, and uh, we went looking around and found this little tiny dog. I mean, this dog could have been five weeks old. I mean, he, he was just tiny, oh. tiny, tiny. But anyway, that's where he got his name, Tundra, from the Toyota Tundra that he was left in. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then my uh, my other dog, actually my fiance, uh, she always says that this dog found her, came up to her at work, and it was just a puppy, probably six or seven weeks old and you know she's she uh she took it home and we've loved it ever since so yeah we're uh we're stuck with two rescue dogs and we love it we wouldn't have it any other way Ah, uh, good for you guys well then you guys are the perfect perfect people to ask so seems that the the organization agape animal rescue tanya they, you guys do quite a bit of experience with rescues that may not fit the quote perfect dog scenario hence the stigma yes. behind <laughs> rescue dogs being broken So in your opinion, first, is that a misperception? Yes, absolutely. Um, We find a lot of times there are people that that feel like, well, if you want a specific breed, that you can't find them in rescue. And we have purebred dogs all day long (laughs) that come into the program. And so that's one thing that people really talk about. And then another thing is, you know, they think, well, they're rescue dogs. They've got to have such a bad background that they're never going to be potty trained or they're always going to have behavior issues. And what we find, like dogs that are outside, when they're left on a chain or outside all the time, they are usually completely potty trained because they've never known anything other than pottying outside. Oh, that's true. When I'm bringing a foster dog into my house, I love when I can help a dog that has been on a chain his whole life come in and experience being a couch potato. And the one thing I never have to deal with typically is potty training. Huh. You know, that's something to uh, to consider. And another thing about, you know, we do a lot of work with puppy mill rescues and abuse cases. And when they finally reach that place, that home where they are feeling love and feeling completely comfortable it's magical to me when you can see it's like they know that they've been rescued 
and their personality starts coming out and they just, they get to show you love back. And you don't see a damaged and broken, scared dog that's afraid to come out from underneath the table. You start seeing them come up and crawl on the couch with you and you start just really seeing what the potential is of that dog. And, and they just appreciate that they've been rescued. It's amazing. That it is. That is. And you've mentioned like the forever foster, the dogs that have to go to forever foster homes. Yes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to say occasionally. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, that does happen. Um, we have dogs that are considered so hard to adopt <laughs> that we might have a perfect foster home for them. But financially, sometimes it's hard to keep up. Like we have one dog named Barney who is a Roddy and he has seizures and he has a lot of seizures. Uh, okay. And all the time. And, but there's a medication that really helps him. But it's expensive, and you know, he's got to be on special food, and he has other medications that keep him level. And so when you have a dog that's having a lot of seizures, sometimes you have to be concerned. You have to pay attention for them biting when mm-hmm. they're having a seizure. You know, not on purpose, but it does happen accidentally when he has right. seizures. And so we had a foster family that loved him so much and basically said, if it was not for the financial part that comes along with him, we would keep him forever. Well, For us, we would rather have a forever foster program where we can continue to financially support that dog so that they have an amazing quality of life because there are not many options out there for that dog. So it's just another way that you can keep a dog long term um, that you love and that you would have otherwise adopted and you're not handicapped just because you're not in a certain income bracket. Exactly, exactly. And I do just want to put it out there that even if you do go to a breeder, there still could be some issues. So I just want to make sure that there's no <laughs> bias between oh, rescue yeah. dogs, right? So <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The, um, we actually find a, a lot of dogs that come to us. The way that we get a lot of our purebred dogs is from people that sent a ton of money. Um, I have two purebred Newfoundlands that are both rescue dogs. One of them a family paid $5,000 for, which is, Ooh, I think, how okay. many rescue dogs could have benefited from that $5,000. Right. <laughs> but right. When, they're, when they are coming from breeders, we're getting them with a lot of health, a lot of health issues. The larger dogs, have, you know, we've got hip dysplasia and problems such as that. But a big problem that we see is people are trying to breed the Yorkies and the smaller dogs to be, you know, the tiniest size. They have so many health problems that a lot of times they don't make it because their oh, internal organs, like they haven't developed properly. And so sometimes, most of the time, I'd say the dogs that are coming from situations like that have more health problems than the backyard mutt. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, true. And, and that's the ones that, that, that people like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not I know. know that so, about teacups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you get a little bit more than you bargained for, but the, and then they, they call us and say, you know, I've already spent this much money for this dog. Now he needs hip dysplasia maintenance, and we're out. You know, we're not going to deal with this. They yeah. do have trouble potty training sometimes. We're not going to deal with these issues. And then our foster parents are specialized, and we're very fortunate to have such skilled foster parents because they're used to, they all get their niche. And so we have some that they really love to deal with medical problems. Maybe they're a nurse by profession. And we have others that really like to deal with socialization. Or, you know, everybody figures out what their special place is. And so that allows us to take these dogs that are considered broken at one point and help them go through physical rehab, emotional mm-hmm. rehab. And then when we get all the way to adoption, you can't, you can't even tell that they're the same dog. 
Amen to that. <laughs> now, yeah. Jim, you've been on both sides of the um, both sides of the fence, Jim, with rescuing. Also, that you mentioned that you experienced your parents breeding. So, what's your take on rescue dogs being broken? Yeah, you know, I agree a lot, a hundred percent, really, with what Tanya said. So many of the things that she said, you know, about you know, a lot of times the purebred dogs do come with a lot of issues because you know the breeding isn't always. And I'm not against purebred dogs. I think there's certainly a place for it. I'm glad that there's good breeders out there because I do think that yeah, it's great to have purebred dogs out there and, and to maintain the lines. I think it's really, really beneficial to the to the species overall. But um, I totally, you know, there isn't a lot of regulation on how those purebred dogs are bred a lot of times. And a lot of times they are, they do come with problems like Tanya had mentioned. And um, the rescue dogs, the ones that uh, have sort of had to fight for their life, so to speak, those are the hardiest dogs you can find. Those are the ones that, I mean, they're like, you know, Mack trucks. I mean, they're, you know, of course, <laughs> yeah. you're always going to, you know, you're always going to have your dog that has an issue regardless of where you get it. That's just, you know, that's, that's not up to us. For sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, uh, the rescue dogs or the street dogs, like I said, I mean, those times, a lot of times, those are the hardiest dogs out there because those are the ones that had to fight for it, you know, and, and I agree Absolutely. with what, what Tanya said. They're the ones that really, that really connect with you. I've seen that so many times, you know, I, like you said, I've been on both sides of the fence and oh, I had a great relationship with the dogs, you know, when I grew up and our purebred dogs and all that. I mean, we had great relationship. I had great, great dogs growing up, but, um, it is, it's, it's something different with the rescue dog. There's a connection between a rescue dog and their owners that I think is different. It just is. I don't know how to explain mm. it, but they just know. They just mm -hmm. know. It's yeah. like that sixth sense. They know. And um, I think it creates just an incredible bond between an owner and a dog. Absolutely. Well, in that case, then myth is busted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, no can probably, it could probably just be worded more correctly, like what you said, Tanya. There may be issues in the beginning, but after socialization and rehab, like you said, completely different dog. And that's the takeaway I think that people should consider. I think that so much of it, I don't think that it matters as much as whether it's a purebred dog or a rescue dog, as much as it does to do with how the dog is raised from day one. Yeah, very There's true. So much of yes. that. You know, when you have a broken dog, a, a dog that's not potty trained, a dog that has behavior issues or, or whatever, that's not always because it's a purebred or it's a rescue dog or a street right. dog or whatever. That's because of the way the dog was treated and, you know, how it was raised from, from the day it was born more than anything, I believe. Yes. Fabulous point. Absolutely. So it really does come down to humans. Of course. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, definitely. I can weigh in on that. the puppy raising a little bit because we have a puppy program that we started because we were seeing the local shelters and rescues and even out in the rural areas they were having a hard time keeping pregnant dogs and uh, newborn babies, newborn puppies, even the older puppies, just because of manpower. And so we, we decided to start a program specifically geared towards the pregnant dogs and the puppies. But oh. what we had to do is we had to, we wanted to lower that euthanasia, the euthanasia rate in that category of dogs because we have the resources. And what we had to do, though, was some pretty hardcore continuing education for the puppy raisers because there are specific guidelines that like for socialization every week of development after birth that they're supposed to experience oh. in order to create this well-socialized family dog. Yes. And so they even have, we have little booklets when you foster a puppy, your dog is supposed to meet a hundred people in one day. Wow. And you think that that's in, yeah. impossible, but if you take them 
to Lowe's and Home Depot. Or you, we all have local stores yes. that are dog friendly. And so at first that felt overwhelming when we were looking at the proper socialization and how to create these amazing puppies for people. And then you're only four hours into the day and you've met your mark. <laughs> and oh, yeah. so it's really not that hard to give them what they need. And then we also have a checklist of things that they're supposed to experience, like a hairdryer, a broom, oh, a vacuum. Yes. Just go and sweep the floor beside them, blow dry your hair with them in the room, different things like that. And so by the time they've grown up in our program and they're 12 weeks old-ish, they're finding a forever family. Most of the puppies, they're comfortable wearing a leash collar, leash harness. They're comfortable with that. They're sitting. They already know how to sit. And people are amazed. And so that's part of what our mission is to help the puppies who, if you were in a shelter environment for eight weeks, that creates a much different dog for families than when they get that one-on-one attention, just like you were talking about. Wow. That is such a valuable program. Like I've heard of, you know, one-off puppy socialization classes, but your take with the phasing is superb. That's awesome. Yeah, it it has been successful. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Well, we're just going to have a quick break and we'll continue with talking with our guests. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Tanya Willis from the Agape Animal Rescue and Jim Scano from the Dog Rescue Shirt Club. Before we get to Jim's awesome, awesome mission, I just want to ask you both, what are the top things that people need to know when deciding to adopt or buy from a breeder? Any one of you guys can go first, maybe Jim, because... <laughs> yeah, jump in. Well, I think that the, um, you know, when you're trying to decide whether to buy from a breeder or a rescue, I think it really has to do more with what your intention is and what your goal is as a family. You know, because when, you know, as we know, you know, when you bring that dog in or, or any any animal for that matter, it, you know, it becomes a family member. And I think it's just like when you're, a, you know, a husband and wife, and you decide to have a, a child, you know, you're trying to decide, you know, is it the right time? Is it, you know, do we want another child? You know, whatever. Or whatever yeah. that case may be, you know, just like bringing in a dog, you decide what's the goal of the family and, and how they're going to fit in. And once you decide that, then I think then that'll kind of, it'll help dictate what you're going for. It, me personally, I mean, this is just my own personal belief. I've always been a, you know, buy from a breeder when I was younger. You know, I always wanted the purebred German Shepherd and all that. Now mm-hmm. that I'm older and I'm more involved, I just, 
me personally, and you know, I'm not judging anyone that does anything different, but me personally, I just have such a hard time going to breeders now, not because breeders are doing anything wrong, but because I just know there's so many good dogs out there and I just struggle with that. You know, it's like, gosh, mm-hmm. why, you know, why I can't, I just can't do it. There's just too many good dogs out there that, you know, that are at Agape Dog Rescue with Tanya yeah. that need homes. And, you know, why, why not give them a chance? I mean, those dogs are, those yeah. dogs are having it tough. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And a couple other things that we always ask people to consider. And with our program, we actually go out and do a home visit with the family to help them look at their environment. Because sometimes we will have, let's say, an elderly couple in an assisted living 900 square foot apartment apply for a Great Dane Mm. or (laughs) something like that where... (laughs) Where you call them and say, you know, I know that you love this Great Dane, but let's talk about your environment and your lifestyle and how active you are or not active. And so we found a lot of value in coming out and doing a home visit, not to, we always joke and say, we're not bringing a white glove. (laughs) We don't care how much stuff you have. But what we care about is, are you thinking that you want a puppy? And then we look under your computer desk and we see seven layers of cords that the puppy is going to get in trouble with. And and so we get to help them walk around their house and say, okay, you know, show me right now. We have our dog. What's your daily routine? You get up, you cook breakfast. Is your dog coming in with you? Are they baby gated to certain rooms of the house because you have a toddler? Are they, you know, what, what is your daily life going to be like with this dog? And then we start profiling saying, okay, your energy level is so high, you can definitely handle this blue healer that needs to run all the time. Mm, or, that's true, yeah. You know, you've got three kids in the mix, like you said, and you've got to have a dog that's a little bit more socialized with a proven record around kids. You know, or some dogs we don't know, we don't have enough background to know how they're going to handle those environments. A big thing that we see that people sometimes don't think about is the front door. People that have teenagers and a lot of kids that are in and out, friends are coming over all the time. Dogs running out the front door is something mm, yes. that you just you just kind of don't think about until you're in the moment and you're you're hosting parties all the time and you're a social person that has a lot of people in and out and then you know every other day Tino is getting out the front door and <laughs> possibly getting injured and so we talk about things like that you know things like that too is there a screen door or can you baby gate away from the door do you have a fenced in yard or not so we don't put blanket rules for the the organization such as you have to have a fenced-in yard to adopt from Agape because we're a firm believer that every dog has a perfect situation for them that's going to be different than another dog. So we don't want to create standards like that across the program. But that's where when you're thinking about what is a good match for my family, I think there's a benefit to not putting those blanket rules because you can say, okay, you know what? Yep, I've got that dog. (laughs) Right. That is a, that's a very good explanation because the fosters that I've worked with, yeah, the the front door has been overlooked quite a number of times, I have to admit. So (laughs) thank you for that reminder. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one. A fast dog gets out quickly and, you know, a a senior dog may not care, stays on the couch every time. Yeah. True. Right. So let's right. get into uh, into Jim's mission. Jim, you've worked with yeah. with Agape Animal Rescue before, yeah. um, and thank you Very for doing what you do. Campaign. Yeah, I can't, I can't oh, you're welcome, Tanya. Funny. We appreciate you working with us. <laughs> yeah. So how did you guys work together, um, Jim? And and what is yeah. what does your membership do? Like, what what do you do? 
<laughs> yeah, so so I started uh, Dog Rescue Shark Club in November of 2016, and what we do is each month we well, we have members that subscribe. It's kind of like uh, I always say, it's kind of like the Dollar Shave Club for T-shirts because everybody seems to know what Dollar Shave Club is. Basically, you subscribe, and it's twenty dollars a month. Each month, we work with a different dog rescue from all across the country, mm-hmm. and then with with their permission, we print their shirt. And then we send it out to our members. So it's a great way for our members to sort of collect T-shirts. You know, everybody wears T-shirts and you could almost never have enough T-shirts, right? So, you know, it's a great way for our members to collect T-shirts and know that a portion of the T-shirts that they're purchasing each month goes back to help a different rescue. So instead of, you know, you know, you, you have your local rescue that maybe you adopted your dog from and you want to support that rescue, that's fantastic. We encourage you to do that. But if you enjoy collecting T-shirts and you want to just be able to help more dogs and more rescues all across the country, you know, without regard to where they are, who they are, if you've met them or not, this is a great way because a portion of the T-shirt goes back to the rescue. And um, typically it's in the form of cash. It just depends on what the rescue needs. We've done various things. We've done cash. We've done dog food. We've done t-shirts for marketing we just have extra t-shirts made up and we we donate those um it's really up to the rescue and what the rescue needs um, that dictates what we what we donate but we put a dollar value on it and then we make the donation you know we have a great following on facebook the quality of the t-shirts that we put out i think is really good we don't just they're not like you know when you go to i don't know a fair or a whatever you know they hand you a t-shirt that's kind of a marketing t-shirt a cheap one ours are higher end t-shirts we do a nice quality t-shirt so that when you're getting your t-shirt, you know, you're going to enjoy wearing your t-shirt. It's not just going to be like a Saturday afternoon painting t-shirt. Right. Um, they're good t-shirts. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest questions is, you know, well, how much goes back to the rescues? And we've even had people that have struggled with, you know, why isn't all the money going back to the rescues? And I'm like, well, why don't well, you be losing t-shirts? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Because I can't... <laughs> You know, I can't afford to, to buy T-shirts for everybody that wants to sign up and donate all the money. So we do the best that we can, and we would love to increase the amount that goes back to the rescues. And the only way to do that is to gather more members because then our costs go down. Just like any business, you know, the more you can buy, the cheaper things get. Well, of course, right. that leaves us with more money left over, which means more money can go back to the rescue. Right now, you know, we're at about $6.60 of every shirt goes back to the rescue. How many members do you have up around right now? Right now, it fluctuates. I'll tell you, one of our biggest months was with Agape Animal Rescue. They um, oh, wow. they have an incredible following, and I don't know what they did to, to push us yeah. that month. But I'm a member. Gosh, we, <laughs> yeah, we signed up a lot of people. We range anywhere from about 120 to 200 members per month. It just fluctuates different times of year things right. like that but right. it just depends yeah so anywhere from about 120 to 200 members i mean you can easily calculate and figure out what that is you know that's anywhere from you know six hundred dollars to you know twelve hundred dollars or whatever that goes back to the rescue which it's not life-changing it's not going to make that you don't have to be able to build a new building or anything like but that but it helps it, anything but helps, it helps yeah. right it helps and it doesn't cost them anything there's no investment for the rescue it doesn't cost them a dime. It's just, it's just an involvement and a coordination with us. And, you know, my thing is, is we've got, you know, let's say we've got 120 or we've got 200 members. There's no reason why this couldn't have 2,000 members. And in which case we'd be giving, you know, what is that? $12,000 back to rescue. I mean, now that I wouldn't call it life changing, but that is substantial money 
they right. can go back to a rescue. I mean, that would make, I mean, I don't know, Tanya, you tell me, but I mean, if we were able to write a check for $10,000 or something like that to arrest you. That is definitely substantial. And another thing that I think that you guys offer, if you don't mind me throwing this in, is that a lot of times, you know, we're not funded by anybody. We rely on donations, donations yeah. grants, individual support. And so we also typically in this industry are underpaid or not paid and overworked. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. the part that w- that we don't have time to do is the design work. And that's where you guys say, you know what, send me your logo. We're going to do all the design for you. You still get to approve yeah. it. The shirts are really great quality. And so if we, when we were working to work with you guys, if we would have been expected to take on the design work too, now we have to decide, do we pay somebody to do this or do we reach out and try to find a volunteer but that part is hard. We're trying to save dogs. We're not designers. You know, that's hard for us. And so right. it was a great bonus that you had that piece to your puzzle already provided for the rescues as well. Yeah. So a lot of rescues, just like Tanya said, a lot of rescues, like she was saying, they don't, they don't have a logo. It's like, well, I don't have a logo. I'm just a small uh, rescue. I don't yeah. care what size rescue you are. We're not about that. Tell us your story. You know, give us a reason why we should feature you. And we're not looking for, you know, oh, we rescued this. or We're, we're just trying to get some sort of a background. And, and, you know, obviously we want to make sure it's a legitimate rescue. You know, we've never had a problem with it. But, you know, we, we still have to, you know, do our due diligence and make sure it's a legitimate rescue. But sure. if you don't have a logo, no big deal. We've got creators here that can do that for you to help you out. Like Tanya said, you know, we don't do anything without your approval. So the logo gets approved, the T-shirt itself gets approved, the colors get approved. And then um, and then now you've got, you know, several people all across the country that are wearing your rescue T-shirt. Uh, so memberships great, you know. don't know what shirt they're going to get next month. Great point. That's exactly right, Beverly. We don't disclose, and there's a reason for that. We never disclose what rescue we're going to feature each month. You just It's kind of okay. like a surprise in your mailbox every month. The reason we do that is because we don't want membership members signing up and canceling based on what they're going to get. Oh, gotcha. I yeah. think it creates an unfair advantage. So maybe it's a it's a big rescue out of you know, New York City and everybody knows who it is. Then you might have extra people sign up, but then when they find out it's a small you know smaller rescue out of you know wherever Florida or whatever, then they might want to cancel that month. And I don't think that's fair to the smaller rescues. So that's yeah. why we don't we never disclose. Okay. Yeah, that is a good idea. And do you guys only ship to throughout the US? No, um, we'll ship all over the world. Okay. Okay. That's good to yeah. know. And there's there's only you know the, the cost for the membership is twenty dollars a month. There's no commitment. Your card gets billed on the first of every month, and then we normally ship the T-shirts out at the end of every month because we have to be able to. The reason why we do that, and you know, we, we live in an unfortunately we live in an Amazon world. Everybody expects to swipe yeah, their credit yeah. card, and then it shows up in their mailbox, you know, two days later. And unfortunately, that's that's not the way it works, you know, with small businesses. And and the reason why we do that is, is we, we charge the credit cards on the first because that way we can allocate and we can get a, an exact count of what we need to yes. order for the shirts. Exactly. And then that's why they ship towards the end of the month. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't be able to give as much back to the rescue because we would be overspending every month trying to make sure we have enough shirts. And then we'd have inventory and all that to deal with. Big problem. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big problem. So, yep. So we we charge on the first and then we deliver towards the end of the month. And then, like I said, you know, they sign up and then they can cancel anytime. There's no commitment. You don't have to sign up for six months. You can sign up for one month or two months or two years or whatever you want to sign up for. Perfect. Well, thank you, uh, Jim, for your work. That's that's awesome and creative. Um, thank and thank you. yeah. So thank you both for coming on, and and our show producer Mark Winter for making the show possible. 
You can check out both organizations at agaperescue.org or Agape Animal Rescue and dogrescueshirtclub.com uh, for Jim's work. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at beverly at petliferadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.